Good evening. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to worship with us here at the Daughter of Zion Seventh-day Adventist Church for a midweek prayer service. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm, the 121st division. I'm going to read in your hearing verses 1 through 4. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. My sermon is entitled Overtime. Overtime. Let us bow our head. To God in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you've given us to worship. We ask, Lord, that you will bless us in, this, in our worship experience. Forgive us our many sins and shortcomings. We look forward to your soon coming, and we pray, Lord, we will be found ready when you come. In your wonderful name we do pray, amen, amen, and amen. Overtime. Now, I must start off this and, and say that this is going to be a little different message than others because it's going to have some built-in uh, um, space or lag time to get you to reflect on a response to a question. And the question I'm going to ask you is, does God work overtime? Does God work overtime? Go ahead and record your response in the box or the chat box provided to you. Does God work overtime? Now, when I think about that myself or working overtime, I go back to my first job where I had my name printed on a check and that was at Publix. Uh, before that, I, I you know, you wash cars and you cut grass and rake leaves in the neighborhood, but people you know, typically paid you cash. But at Publix, I worked as a um, bag boy. Um, and during that that job, you know, we would work a lot of hours. And if you exceeded, you know, your 40-hour work week, they would pay you overtime. They would pay you overtime. And on Sunday, if you work, they'd give you double time. And so we look forward to those those checks where that were big because we put in a lot of hours. And you got this big check, you know, and we had... You know, I'm in high school then, and, you know, I had this money in the pipes like, wow, you know, I can, you know, live life large for a minute. But I would get overtime from putting in a lot of hours working at Publix. Now, a, um, a similar experience where I worked a lot of hours was when I was in, in Atlanta working for an investment firm called Invesco as a portfolio accountant. And I would leave home early because I hate traffic and I would get to work about an hour before time because I hated to be in traffic. And when we got in, we had to print from a master file our particular group of accounts. And because I had a lot of time on my hand, I would start printing out our the, the, the reports for the whole team and place it on the desk and they would come in and be able to start the day. And I'm thinking I'm making hard marks and showing commitment and dedication in doing so. But doing my performance review, my boss wondered why I was working so many hours. See, I would get there and turn the lights on, on in the morning, and sometime I worked late and I would turn the lights off. I had these long, long days at times because I hated traffic, and um, I wanted to allow that to subside somewhat before I started my trek to and from work. So she was wondering why I was working so many hours. Was I unable to complete the task like everyone else in a set amount of time in an eight-hour structure. 
And she said, you know, you know, are you too slow? Is the work too much for you? Do we need to take some away? And I'm thinking like, whoa, it hit me like a ton of bricks because I was getting my work done. I was, you know, advancing, you know, where we were supposed to be for that time of month. But in her eyes, she said he was working more hours than he should be working. Now, they didn't have to pay me anything more because I was a salary employee. But typically when you work overtime is that you have to have management approval to work overtime. Or you look at overtime is working beyond a set amount of hours. So in this instance, you know, um, you know, it brought to to mind, um, you know, the overtime experience. And it goes back to the question in a text I read um, in, in um, Psalms 121. He that keepeth Israel shall neither sleep nor slumber. And I ask you the question again. Does God works overtime? Go ahead and record the response. Yes or no. And tell me why. Does God works overtime? Now, to help you understand uh, this, I want you to, to understand something about time and how we get time. Time, our biggest unit of measurement here is the year. A year is the earth traveling around the sun. A month is the moon traveling around the earth. And a day is the earth rotating on its axis. One complete revolution, and that gives us a day. And time, you must understand, requires movement. Oh, you got to get that. Time requires movement. So you, um, you measure time by movement. Time records the rate of speed an object travels from one point to the next. That's how we get, that's why we say 30 miles per hour or 60 miles per hour. If you mark your beginning point and you keep your rate of speed the same at an hour time, you would have covered 60 miles, 30 miles, 40 miles. So time requires movement and it measures the rate of speed it takes an object to move from one point to the next. And so um, when we look at the, uh, the, the question again, does God work overtime? Does God work overtime? Now, for you and I to work overtime, our boss has to approve it first. But I say, brothers and sisters and saints of God, time has a boss. And time exists in God. You see, time reports to God. God doesn't report to time. Now, I think, I think uh, some of you missed that. You see, one of the three attributes of God is that he's omniscient, all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent. He's everywhere. Time exists in God. All the celestial bodies that moves, that give us time, that give us time, requires movement. I submit to, 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 um, to you again that God is everywhere. And I believe that's part of our problem is that we think of God in time. We think of God in time. We say God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. We look for God to work within the confines of time and space. You see, 
the end of the month is coming and a bill is due and we are running out of time. Well, maybe we find ourselves in that grace period and we're about to extend beyond that. And we start to pray more or we start to pray less and worry more. We see time is running out and our limited grace period is nearing. And we wonder, will God come through in the nick of time? He's too big and powerful to limit himself to the concept of time. Just ask Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. Abraham and Sarah, who are well beyond childbearing years. Uh, Joshua and his march around Jericho and Hezekiah, where God stopped the rotation of the earth around the sun to allow the day to be longer, to put more time on Hezekiah's clock. You see, God is everywhere and time reports to God. God works over time. You see, time has a boss. Time checks in to God. God doesn't confine himself to the limit of time. God doesn't confine himself to the limit of time. You see, when the bills are due, we, 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 we start to get a little nervous and we pray, can you send some help? I'm running out of time. Time does not confine God. You see, I was at a carnival recently and this one attraction had this guy spinning plates on a stick and he had about 10 plates spinning. And at one time, at one time in the crowd would get a little nervous because they see one plate start to wobble and we were sure that he wasn't going to get to this plate in time before it would break and shatter. And But he would make his way back down and he would start that plate spinning again. Then there would be another plate that would start to wobble a little bit. And we would get some time and attention to that plate. And this would go on repeatedly. And we got to the point we understood that this guy had the ability to manage all these spinning plates. Even though some of them would start to wobble. But none of them would hit the ground and shatter and break. Friends of mine, we serve a God who doesn't get nervous about time running out. He's not running around trying to keep some plate spinning. As a matter of fact, he allows, he allows some plates to hit the ground and shatter and break. He allows some plate to hit the ground and shatter and break. I remember going to bed at night wondering if God would come through for me. Because I had some bills that were beyond due. I had extended beyond the grace period. And I would look at my car and wonder if it would be there in the morning. This went on for a while until one day the repo man did come and snatch up my car. My time had run out and I was wondering and worrying about will God bless me? And come through in the nick of time. You see, David says in Psalms 42, he brought me up out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. David was in a pit. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. 
He was in a pit. His plate had broken and shattered. Time had run out. Yet God, who is from everlasting to everlasting, never saw that as a challenge. He reached down and pulled David from his pit. See, that is why preachers preach from a pulpit. It is a pulpit where we lift down and we pick somebody up out of their pit of despair, out of their moments of discouragement and, 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 and despondency, and we offer them a message of hope. David said he pulled me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. All right, one preacher say, don't get so upset if you fall on a rock. And, and just understand that the rock is Christ Jesus. We sometimes say we're between a rock and a hard place. And if you find yourself on a rock, you're in a good spot. Because that rock is King Jesus. So God would allow some people and some of us to go through an experience where we think that time has run out on us. But because God doesn't report to time and time reports to him, he can always reverse a situation. He can always reverse a situation. I was able to get my car back. I was able in times when things didn't seem like it was going my way when the eviction notice uh, had come in the mail. And I was able through God's grace and God's mercy to find myself to get the resources to pay the needed bill. But sometimes we pray less and worry more because we operate where we can find or limit God to time. We limit God to time. And when I ask you the question, you know, I know you struggle with, does God work overtime? Because I began to think myself, you say, why didn't God come through in time? He knows what I need. He knows the problem that I'm having. He knows the challenges that I'm going through. Why did he allow these things to happen to me? Maybe some of you have gotten the bad report from the doctor and you, you, you got cancer and that is it stage one. It's not stage two. It's not, it's not stage three. It's stage four. And that's almost a death sentence. That's almost a death sentence. And we're wondering, it's like, Lord, will you come through in the nick of time, and we see God's benefits and blessing in time only. And we think when time run out, God has run out. I'm here to let you know that God works over time. Time reports to him, and he doesn't report to time. So he's never challenged about your situation, regardless of how much time is on the clock, on the clock, or if the clock has expired. And so he allowed preachers like you and me to share our experience with others, to share with others that he has the ability to pull us from our pit and to put you on a rock and establish your goings. God works overtime. Lazarus' sisters sent for Jesus, but he didn't come right away. When he didn't, when he didn't show, Lazarus was dead. When he did show, Lazarus was dead, 
buried. He was dead and buried. They said, Master had to come in time. Our brother wouldn't have died. I'm talking about the ultimate clock that we have is our life. And in Lazarus' situation, time had run out. And they saw God limited to that time. They saw God being only able to operate when we are here living. But God says, <laughs> I like this. Show me where you buried him. Show me where you buried him. Show me where your bills are. Tell me about that troubled relationship. He is left home. She has left home. And it doesn't seem like they're coming back. Tell me about it. Mark the place. Where has that place been marked? Let me know. Somebody says, I'm going to tell Jesus all about my troubles. I cannot bear these burdens alone. Let me know about your problems and your situations. Because I have the ability, I control time. And when they had showed him where Lazarus was buried, he went to that point and he said, Lazarus, come forward. I'm talking about a God we serve <laughs> that works over time. And Lazarus came forth from the tomb. You see, many people, the Pharisees and the crowd, they had paid mourners back then who were just weeping a wail and God had to send them away because it, it, there was no longer a funeral procession or a memorial service or a, 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 a prayer vigil. God was about to do something remarkable. He's about to bless beyond their wildest comprehension. God, the same Jesus who preached from the Mount of All or the Mount of Olives, was able to pull and call Lazarus from his pit and call him forth. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know the problems or challenges that you're going through. You may have given up and and and, and thrown in the towel. But I'll let you know that we serve a God that is able. And we say, and I don't agree with the saying because I have known, I know better than this. We say that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. But I will to submit to you today that God is good beyond time and beyond time God is good. God is not limited by time. He works over time. He works overtime. You see, critical to this experience is our faith. God is trying to mature our faith. I think of the, the, the situation of, of Mary in the garden after Jesus had resurrected and she thought she was talking to a gardener. She said, sir, do you know what they have laid him, what they have done with his body? And when 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 Jesus began to speak, she began to realize or to recognize that she was talking to the one she was looking for. You see, when Mary saw her problems, she had a problem. But when Mary saw the problem solver, 
her problems were solved. Oh, I want somebody to get that. If you see your problems, you got a problem, but you must see the problem solver and your problems are solved. Faith is the critical element. God is trying to mature our faith. And sometimes he will allow our plates to fall and to shatter and break because he has the ability to restore us, to make us whole again. I'm talking to somebody uh, uh, that is going to go through some problems. And I, I remember E. e. Cleveland asked a question in class. He said, why did God allow Daniel to go into the lion's den only to shut their mouths? He had the ability to prevent Daniel from going in the lion's den. But why did he let Daniel go into the lion's den? It wasn't that God was late. That he was working on somebody else spinning plates. You see, I said that time requires movement and God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He doesn't have to visit you. He's already there. That's why he can say, lo, I will be with you always, even until the end. God does not have to travel to get to you. He's everywhere. Time exists in him and God is there. David said, if I make my bed in hell, he is there. God is everywhere. Wherever you find yourself, God is there. He can rescue you. He can pull you from your horrible pit, but he's trying to mature your faith. And you have to recognize that, that sometimes that things will not work out the way we have designed. But if we give ourselves wholly unto the master, he is trying to develop a character in us that he can take back with us when he resurrects us from the grave and give us our immortal bodies and Give us incorruptibility that we will not suffer death any longer. God is trying to mature our faith. And he takes us through this experience. I'm reminded <laughs> what that, uh, Isaiah writes. He says, uh, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Get this. They shall renew their strength. Because that lets us know that that our, our, our faith has waned a little bit. Our strength has gone uh, weakened somewhat. And he said, but oh, if you can hold on, if you can never uh, let doubt creep in to cause discouragement and, and question your faith, if you can hold on, he said, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They're going to mount up <laughs> with wings as eagles. They're going to run and not get tired. They're going to walk and not faint. Oh, Paul writes that the one that works overtime, the one that works overtime will come one day in time. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ shall rise first. You see, that means that some of us will taste death. But if you recall the words of David, he said he's, he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. 
He placed my feet on a rock and established my going. God is not confined by time because he works overtime. And time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, has a boss. And time reports to him. The question I ask, do you? Do you report to God your problems, your cares and your concerns, your trials and hardships? your tribulations, your circumstances, do you report to him? And if you do, you can pray more and worry less or none. Let that be your recipe. Report to God and he will, in his space, in his choosing, work out your situation. God does work overtime. I thank you for your time this evening and worshiping with us. And I'm going to um, present the benediction at this time. Let us bow our heads. Dear God, we thank you for what we've seen, witnessed, and heard. We pray, Lord, that you allow this message to provide hope and encouragement for those who are struggling, those who may find themselves at the end of their rope, that they will be blessed and remember that you work overtime. And no matter what happens in time, you can control time and you can create us anew. You can resurrect us from the grave. But let us always remember to have hope and to trust in you. We thank you, Lord. Forgive us, bless us, and keep us and guide us. In your wonderful name we do pray. Amen, amen, and amen.